During my interview with Kayla Sims, a social worker and a counselor at Mountain Education Charter High School in Georgia, we talked a good deal about expectations that seem to surround her students. You see, Kayla's a social worker and a counselor at a non-traditional school, one that meets in the evenings and focuses on students that weren't set up to thrive in a conventional high school. If you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to Jim Questions Kayla Sims. And as you listen, I encourage you to consider the nature of expectations. You see, I realized in talking to Kayla that I brought a certain set of assumptions about kids in poor rural areas, the kinds of kids that she works with. Don't get me wrong, I grew up in a rural community myself, and although I grew up with considerable privilege, I'm keenly aware of the unique challenges facing kids in these types of communities. I don't assume that a kid is destined for failure because they're poor or because they come from a rural, under-resourced community. I've seen firsthand how young people have risen above those challenges and gone on to do great things. We love stories about kids who've overcome the odds and gone on to get scholarships or make fortunes or become famous. And that's where my assumptions and my expectations start to get a, a little confusing, a little fuzzy. Because while these stories are enjoyable and they're heartwarming, I think they tend to cloud our ability to set constructive expectations. Because Kayla isn't working with kids who aim to become the first-generation college grad, that big success story. She's working with kids, caring for kids of their own, being the adult in the house, overcoming personal issues, health concerns, or other challenges. Some of the kids she's working with aren't trying to be the first-generation college graduates. They're trying to be the first generation to complete high school. Kayla related another story of a seashore community. In Florida, it's lived off the oystering trade for generations. When she was talking to a teacher there, she learned that in some of the high schools, of the 200 students who might enter into high school, less than 10 might graduate in four years. The rest simply considered the reality that one way or another, even if they finished high school, they were going to work in the oyster business. Since that's what happened for generations, it's hard for them to expect anything else. These stories set me back. And what struck me then and stays with me now is how I simply assumed that everyone's working towards a high school degree, that working towards anything else is simply to come up short. But that's because I brought my own sense of privilege to the conversation. For me, high school was simply taken for granted. There was never a discussion about whether I'd graduate. The same way we unconsciously breathe without a second thought, we graduate from high school. But for some of the kids that Kayla's working with, the air is different. It's almost rife with the stress of poverty, the lack of food security. You see, some of those kids are hoping mom and dad haven't been deported while they were at school. Some of them are looking at the local poultry farm as the only way to keep a roof over their heads. Most of them live in communities where the internet goes out when it rains. Let that one sink in. Some of them are just trying to get by, literally, which is much more important than getting a diploma. So imagine what it must be like to watch a kid work against all the forces working against them and actually getting that high school diploma. Conventional high school didn't work for them. The economic pressures that forced them to prioritize a paycheck over a letter grade. The burden of having children when you're just barely a child yourself. Kayla has seen that. And she's seen the sigh of relief from a high school graduate and the swell of pride in their families. 
But she's also seen what happens when kids aren't able to reach that goal, when they silently slip away into the void, where people without high school diplomas often reside and work, usually in the lowest paid, least desirable jobs. It's not because they hoped life would be different, they did, but the expectations of the moment were simply too heavy. They outweighed the hopes for their future. Kayla's seen it. She's seen the kids backslide and knows how hard it is to get kids back on track. But that doesn't stop her. She continues to pull out all the stops in her own right, putting her own time in, her talents and her own treasure into preserving the health, the wellness, the education of kids that she cares about. Right or wrong, that's what we've come to expect of teachers today. We're lucky to have educators like Kayla in the world, and the kids she works with are lucky to have her in their lives. And I feel lucky to have met Kayla. In learning about her work, it's forced me to open my eyes to all the assumptions that I make about students, about teachers, about the way in which we support non-traditional pathways for educational attainment. And along the way, I've questioned my own framework for making expectations. Questioning these things is, after all, why I named this podcast Jim Questions Everything. So really, I guess I should have expected nothing less. <laughs>